I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to the On The Box podcast, the television show podcast on the Anfield Index podcast channel. And I'm back again this week with another special Game of Thrones, well, kind of series episode. It's episode six of season seven, Beyond the Wall. And this one was leaked early this week. The hackers or whatever people are just going crazy. Uh, But not only that, even... Um, HBO Spain and I don't know who, Nordic as well I think releasing this one early, madness madness, but to talk about this epic, epic episode it really was something special uh, her watch had ended uh, but just like Jon Snow, you know she died and she's come back, so she doesn't have to be on watch again, but she can do whatever she wants, it's Nina Kautzer welcome back Nid. I know, free I'm person. back you're free, I'm like, like Tormund <laughs> The, oh, free folk, the free folk. <laughs> the free folk. You know what? I, I dig their, um, their attire. They dress really well, so I, I'm down with that. The fuck are you on about? Anyway, we're all, we've also got someone joining us again. He's back. He was on uh, the Master of None podcast, I think it was. It, yeah, that's right. It's DJ Jessel. How are you doing, Jess? I'm very well, thank you, guys. Thanks well, for having me on. Welcome Can't back, wait mate. to dig into this. This is a pretty special episode. Can I just get a little bit from you about how you felt after watching this, like at the end? Don't give anything away. Obviously, we're going to talk about it. But just what did you feel at the end of this episode when you switched it off or when it ended and cut to black? What did you think? Well, I've managed to watch this episode three times, so I'll give you three brief reactions the first time i was absolutely exhilarated and it was just a roller coaster ride of excitement and thrills it was just great tv the second time i watched it um a few things kind of started to irk me a little bit um and then and then by the third time i watched it i was kind of like this is there's a lot that doesn't quite make sense here but i guess in this type of show the way that it's heading you just have to suspend your belief and just enjoy it if you start pulling at too many threads you'll just like ruin your whole enjoyment of, of the entire premise so I, I don't think it was the greatest episode of game of thrones ever but it was certainly one of the most enjoyable absolutely interesting we'll talk about that later i think on first watch you know if you watch it once 
it, it is probably the greatest. But I think, like you said, repeat viewings probably pick out a few things. But yeah, we can talk about them um, as we go through uh, the episode. Nin, what was what were your th- your thoughts? You know, at the end when you stopped watching this or when it ended. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I initially watched it, I I did go out and say, "Oh my god, that is the best episode ever." You, you know, I, I said that. Can't really add any more to what uh, Jessel said, DJ Jessel has said there. Although I'm really intrigued to see what irks him. I, I look forward to hearing that. Um, I'm just going to put into context. Uh, I told my brother to go and watch it, watch the leaked episode and get back to me. Uh, text me or whatever. Just get back to me. Just tell me what you thought of it. My brother never, ever texts me. I could be held at knife point. The The guy will never, ever message me that's how he is and he went and watched the episode and i got a message from him so game of thrones bringing families together thank you so much <laughs> <laughs> yeah he couldn't it was two in the morning though and all he wrote was got oh my god wow yeah it's like man of many words and that was quite a few so i was a bit disappointed but yeah at least you got well. something from him but the, i think the, the thing with this show was that it takes your breath away. It took, yeah. literally takes your breath away. This one, the first watch especially, is just like heart pumping. You know, you're just like, oh my God, I can't so believe tense. what's going on. It's so tense. You know, I've, mm. I told so many people, if you need to, you know, before you watch this, if you're dying to go for a piss, I'd go before. <laughs> I'd go before you watch it because, yeah, you will piss yourself. It's that tense. I watched it with my wife when I was watching it. I watched it before her. So when I watched it with her, you know, she was like, waving at the screen shit like that you know like just crazy like what the hell motions going on like it's just so interactive because you're just like no but we'll get there we'll get there let's get the winterfell portions of this show out the way because then we can talk about all the good stuff beyond the wall yeah it's actually titled beyond the wall this one and 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 obviously <laughs> because of what was it what happened but um nin winterfell Kicks off really with um, Arya outing Sansa, and um, she basically tells her, you know, I think you conspired to kill mm. you know, our father. Yeah, and you know, and she also fesses up to the fact that she's there in the crowd, and th- there's that frosty exchange between them. You know, like again, um, I think in in the previous episodes when we covered this, I've always said when them two sort of uh, reunite, I think she's going to have a lot of grudges towards. Her sister, her elder sister Sansa, for the death of her dad, and obviously um, the entire family, pretty much due to her, you know, selfish um, desires, shall we say? And you know, she she basically said, "I would, I would have died before writing that letter." And I love the quote between them because Sansa says, um, "You know, she's absolutely breaking it because she thinks she's going to expose her to all the lords for what a coward she truly is." And I love what Sansa says. Uh, anger makes um, you do unfortunate things. And Arya's response was, um, sorry, sometimes fear makes you do unfortunate things. I'll go with anger. And I love that. And she just walked out and left her to kind of rot and fester to see what her next move is going to be. Is she going to rat her out? Isn't she? But I, I love the fact that that, that animosity is there again because if it was all hunky-dory between them, I don't think it would have been believable because... I think, as we all know, Arya was a proper little daddy's girl. Even though she was a tomboy, I think her dad favoured her more than the other daughter. So yeah, I love the fact a, that she still got that, you know, that fight. She was a girl, that, she? Yeah. 
Sansa was a girly girl and this mm. is a tomboy and obviously her mm. dad was always trying to push her to go the other way. No, be a girly girl. And she's like, nah, man, I want to I wanna fight. <laughs> he booked her Emma sword fighting lessons and stuff. He embraced it. I think he kind of liked it. Yeah, of course. It was, that was a touching part of all, mm. everything that happened and he kind of set her on her way, if you think about it, yeah. know, to go on this path. But... um. Jessa, don't you feel sorry at all for um, Sansa, though? Because I've watched the whole series back as well, and I kind of did feel she was forced into that. No one gives yes. their life away, you know? Like, you know, I was saying I'd give my life away first. It's easy to say, but at that point in time, you're not give, you're not, it's not about giving your life away. It's about saving your dad's life, surely. Yeah, and it's worth remembering how young she was as well. And the amount of things she's been through in the show, she tries telling Arya, look, you don't know what I've been through. You couldn't understand. You wouldn't even survive it. And obviously, we don't know whether she would or not, because Arya's had her own troubles and, and journey. But Sansa's been through a lot. And I do feel sorry for her at times. She, she's kind of getting it from all sides at the moment, to be honest. And the last thing she needs is is basically shit from Arya, her little sister, who, let's face it right now, I love her. I love her character. But she's a murdering psycho. And she's <laughs> twisted and contorted by revenge and hatred. You know, she spent years training to become an assassin. She, she literally committed mass murder at the beginning of this season, right? She wiped out, like, what, 60 people in one go, cooked some of them in a pie. I mean, Jesus Christ, this is not someone that we should feel ultimate sympathy for even if we like her and now she's kind of threatening Sansa um I mean the only thing I I don't understand exactly what's going on between them because part of me thinks this might just be like a -a rope-a-dope thing where they're trying to lure Littlefinger into their own trap or something because not all of Mm. it makes sense um I mean I know a lot of you and I've listened to all the podcasts um a lot of you want little finger to die um i want him on the iron throne i love that guy i don't even give a shit i love him and that <laughs> he's conniving <laughs> i love him it would be hilarious what a twist that would be what a twist if he actually made it to the iron throne somehow um but i don't want him to die i don't know what happens i haven't read any of the leaked scripts or anything like that but i kind of i mean okay maybe not win the whole thing but i like him i don't want him just to die and i like that he's playing them off each other in a clever way Arya is out of her depth a little bit. She is conniving. She is cunning. She can switch faces. But man, Littlefinger has a lifetime's worth experience of this. Your reaction to that, Nin? It's very true. I mean, love him or love him, it's a bit like um, Cersei, isn't it? He he does make the series. He is a conniving little sod. And you do, you know, I love the way he worms his way into people and sort of influences them. He do, wherever he goes, he has a mass influence. You know, he's able to corrupt that person. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, so yeah. that that is a sign of a really, really powerful character. Um, I do think, yeah, she's a young girl out of a depth. And I completely agree in that regard that she's obviously not got nowhere near as much experience as him. But she, again, you've kind of um, alluded to the fact that she is <clears throat> a bit of a, a loose cannon, a psychopath. And it just it literally take one twitch or one second with him and she could potentially just slit his throat. Yeah, and not not only that. The other thing is that he is like I mean, manipulating Sansa totally in this in this episode again, and pretty much convinced her. I reckon. I mean, what do you think, Nin, is the the premise of this King's Landing invite? Because 
Is that all a setup? It wasn't really clear whether it was a setup or not. I think with the King's Landing thing, I mean, I know you saw it as a trap and Sansa saw it as a trap as well. But initially, I maybe I'm naive, but I thought it had something to do with, you know, everyone congregating together. You know, Daenerys is going to go there as well. And it was a whole Tyrion and Jamie sort of speaking. I thought it might be like a whole council committee meeting about these White Walkers. And So you think it's legit then? So you think it's legit? I, I, I honestly thought it was... Uh, uh, an invite to that I genuinely did call me naive but Littlefinger saying I mean you know when she's uh, another thing as well Sansa confiding in Littlefinger pissed me off as well because she should know better than anyone John's warned about him she knows he's got history Brienne's done it a million times that watch yourself around him watch yourself around him in this she episode knows as well yeah, watch yourself. He wants to get into your pants. She knows this. She knows this, but she confides because she's got no other ally. So I can get that. So I do feel sorry for her. He's almost like the only person she can kind of turn to and talk to. And he goes, how about Brienne Stark? And he's given her a solution. She swore to protect both Caitlin Stark's daughters. She sends her away to King's Landing to represent how Stark, et cetera, et cetera. And then I, the, the penny dropped in my head. She's... Is, has she potentially sent her away so she could pretty much dispose of Arya? Yeah, that's the thing that comes in my mind. Jessel, would you say the same thing? I mean, or are you thinking like, originally thinking like, Nin, this is the whole get everybody together ploy? I, I don't know. I have no idea why they're calling everyone to uh, King's Landing. But I mean, sending Brienne away seems like a, a weird one. Also, the, the other thing I'd say is that Sansa listening to Littlefinger now raised my suspicions because actually all series long, she's been saying, no, no, don't trust that guy. Exactly. She's over, she, so so why is she suddenly trusting him to such an extent that she's trusting she's him over shit. her own she's sister? She's in the shit. That's why. That, that's true. But I still can't, I just can't help thinking this is some sort of elaborate trap that Sansa and Arya are cooking up between them to get Littlefinger. I don't know. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. Oh my God, that's really good. I was thinking the other way that, you know, um, Sansa has seen the North Lords, right, turn on Jon, or not turn on him, but at least question him to her, yeah? Say that we want to follow you. So she's scared that any kind of negativity about her, they're going to be easy to switch to turn on her too. So she is just in a state of proper panic. Just like the throne, like Game of Thrones, it's about the, that throne. That throne in, you know, in Winterfell is hers at the moment. Jessel's got me thinking now, and now I'm thinking maybe every time she spoke up to John, every time there's been a council meeting, has it always been a ploy to kind of get him to kind of conspire against John to feel him out? It could well be. And if you don't forget the kind of interaction between Jon Snow and Littlefinger, where he grabs him by the throat mm. and says, look, if you touch, you know, I mean, Jon really doesn't like Littlefinger. And I, the other thing is, is, I don't know, this series, what's Littlefinger actually done wrong? Um, I, I can't really think of too many things hold by on, his standards. On. Does it really matter what he's done wrong in this season? It's what he's done wrong in the <laughs> fucking life, surely? That matters nothing. His history, hey, hey, you can't, hey, wait, wait. You can't Love wipe can it. Change a man. Love can change a man. Maybe no. he really loves Sans. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to have a part to play, you know, and she's really got a high horse on that. She brings it up with Arya as well. That's her claim to fame. I won. Pettis. Yeah, I won that battle. Nobody else. It was me. So, I mean, I I think, and I don't know whether you agree with this or not. Let's just go and talk about it before we go into some theories. The end, the last bit where she finds her faces and she shits herself totally. Absolutely shits herself. And you actually think Arya's going to kill her or do something. But she hands her the dagger. I mean, what does that 
that doesn't look like a ploy to eat, you know, like what just just what you said there. That's a threat, man. That's a threat. That's exactly. A so it doesn't seem to me like they're playing against off each other for to to get him. Do you get what I mean? That seemed like a real fucking throwdown. Like, yeah, I'm going to come and get you or whatever. But what did you take of that scene, Jess? I mean, that knife, it's a bit past the parcel right now, isn't it? Littlefinger gives it to Bran, who gives it to Arya, who's given it to Sansa right now. I don't know if one of them wins a prize or something. But what I took it to be is maybe Sansa ends up killing Littlefinger with that knife. Um, she Maybe she finds herself in a situation or something. I mean, OK, let me ask you guys this question. Out As it stands right now, out of Arya, Sansa and Littlefinger, who do you think is most likely to die in Episode 7, if any of them? It would have to be Littlefinger for me. Yeah, Littlefinger for me. I think Arya might die. I oh don't know God. why. I've just got a hunch. I've just got a slight she hunch. She just cried. Like she almost wrong. cried then. <laughs> <laughs> but, but if you think about it, what, what kind of... what Right now, what is she serving? How is she serving the plot? She's not really serving the plot against the White Walkers because anyone can kill them as long as they've got like some dragon glass. She's not really serving the plot of Game of Thrones, who's going to be on the Iron Throne so much. I mean, Sansa and Littlefinger kind of are at least they're kind of more directly involved it wouldn't surprise me if they killed her off but i mean it'd be a shock death go don't get me wrong but i mean little finger is a clever dude you just never know what's going to happen I, I think brienne being away is the key though. yeah he is the key and i think you, you you're right this could be i mean i don't think anyone gets she needs even... to meet john but this that... is one of the that's how they pull at your heartstrings don't they i know that I, they should know. Never... I should learn Yeah, so that will be the bit that hurts the most. She never got to meet John again, even though she came back to Winterfell. But maybe they lock her up. Maybe they just lock her up in the end because she's she's going to kill. You know, there's threat to to Sansa, and John has to come and save her. Uh, and then obviously the whole plot changes with John being half tagged. But we can get there. But um, I I just think that Bran's got a big part to play. Yeah, in, um, in in the three in these mm-hmm. three people, he surely knows what's going on. He already knows what's been happening so far, so he knows Littlefinger's playing them off each other. He's going to be like the peacemaker. He might just come in and say, "Look, this guy's doing it," and then right, kill him or whatever. Or the, you know, they they make their decisions from there. Mm-hmm. But I just feel Bran's got a big part to play in what happens with the three of these, um, with the three of these, and maybe they actually just lock Littlefinger up and don't kill him because he he is quite important with the. The, the Knights of Ale and stuff as well, isn't he? Mm. I mean, on a, on a complete side note, I love the fact that, you know, Sansa went snooping into Arya's stuff and goes into a satchel and finds, you know, faces. I, I literally found that really funny. And, like, obviously all everything's been unveiled that she's an absolute little psycho who, like, carves people up. Can you imagine? Finding out your sister's a fucking assassin. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> little one as well, little sister. And she goes, she goes, what are those? And she went, they're my faces. That's <laughs> like, fucking hell. I know. I didn't know who the first face was, by the way. I couldn't tell. No, I didn't know. No, I couldn't tell either. What about you, Jess? Could you tell who the first face was she pulled out? I have no idea. It's all very Scooby Doo, isn't it? Just <laughs> <laughs> I like it. It's all very Scooby Doo, do. And she's Scrappy. I always call her Scrappy. She's a fighter. This one. Yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty much what we're going to talk about. I mean, did you guys have any other theories on what's going to happen? I I, I do think Bran plays the key part. Nin. Yeah, I'd I'd have to agree with that. I think Bran is obviously probably the least like warrior esque, can't do much, but obviously knows things, has seen things, and he he's the one that's going to make everything apparent. Yes. Yeah, I think Bran is the key. Um, I mean, he's kind of like WikiLeaks, but without dumping all the information with everyone, he knows everything. But I think right now he just doesn't know what to do with it. Um, and 
I think, like, my last point on this, because I think you're right to actually get this out of the way, I kind of would have liked this as an episode to be completely about the guys beyond the wall. I think that would have been kind of fun. Um, I think the overarching theme of this episode is kind of um, fractures between siblings, basically, because last week was kind of about fathers and sons, and this week is about um, relationship problems between siblings. And we'll get into that more as the episode goes on, but but it's very obvious between Arya and Sansa. Yes, big problems ahead. Let's see what happens in that final episode of the season. Maybe they leave it open, but um, there, there's shitloads going on. Um, much bigger battles going on, and we'll go right there. Um, oh my god, and then they actually started off with some real good stuff, uh, building up to obviously some of the stuff that happens, the special effects and CGI heavy stuff that they do. But before that, there's some really comedic mm. timing stuff going on with Torment and uh, and the Hound as well. Yeah, it was really funny. I mean, obviously, there's people who've got like axes to grind, like um. Is it Gendry? He's mad at the priest for leaving him with the high priestess and all that, you know, so there's a lot of beef there. And I I love the, the ginger wildling. I love the fact that he goes, I hate the South. It stinks of piss or shit or whatever he says. And and then uh, the, uh, I think it's John that goes, you've never, you've never been to the North. I mean, you've never been to the South. He goes, I have. I've been to Winterfell. And you know, to me, I laughed my head off because it sounded like my every Scottish friend who comes to Manchester who thinks everything is down south like I get called a southern fairy by Scottish people and I I took that from it and it really made me laugh but yes uh, and then obviously him him saying I don't like gingers the hound and x y and z I just thought I loved I love the dialogue between them I love the fact that it kind of started off quite light-hearted and you thought oh this is going to be fun this is going to be a merry journey not yeah. quite. <laughs> Jess, what the, the other funny bit was obviously uh, Gendry. You know, he was like, he was scaring him, wasn't he? Like, you know, we, we just, <laughs> how do you warm your balls up and stuff? And they're like, there's no women around for, for thousands of miles or whatever, hundreds of miles. And he goes, you just take what you can get. And Gendry, like, just stopped and he just moved back. He, just, <laughs> he goes, he's a weird one, him, isn't he? He's not very bright, that one. <laughs> <laughs> Tormund is just hilarious. Yeah. The amount of great lines he had in he, this is just oh, hilarious. It was just brilliant. And then Gedry obviously starts mouthing off at, uh, at the... What's the name? The Brotherhood. He starts fucking telling them off and moaning at them. And, and, the, res- and, the, and the response from the Hound, like, that doesn't sound so bad to me. You being naked with another woman. Was she naked too? And then he's just like, he's just like, oh, stop, stop whinging. And he goes, like, your mouth's open and you're moaning about, complaining about something. You're whinging. Oh, this guy died six times. Do you hear him moan? Oh, it's just, it was just great. You know, they just bought off. They made it so lighthearted. And for what was to come, I think they probably needed it, didn't they? They really needed Yeah, I, I think some people found it a bit kind of on the nose and stuff. But I loved it. It was like the Magnificent Seven or, or you know, Seven Samurai, that kind of stuff. You've got John, uh, Gendry, Thoros, Beric, Jorah, Tormund and the Hound. You've also got sort of two or three random soldiers doing all the work and you know they're going to die at some point. But um, I, uh, the great interplay between them comes because they've never really met each other not not so much and and you you sort of got all these backstories and all these kind of inside things that we know that they don't necessarily know like you know these famous fights on the beach and and uh, like, yeah, the hound like, the hound knows who who knows who Brienne is um as much so as Tormund funny does. as well it's just brilliant i think it was fantastic i loved it Lin- and you're right it was the, it was the light relief before like the storm you know Lynn, you loved that bit, didn't you, with, the, with Tormund and the Hound saying, you know... <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make babies with her. She doesn't know it yet. 
What the fuck? But apart from the laughter, like like uh, Jessel just said, there were some really important things in there. You know, with um, uh, Jon Snow and uh, Sejora having a chat, you know. And um, obviously, they're talking about his dad and how he was the commander and how he died. And um, just telling him the story of what happened. And he was, you know, he was quite upset about it. But then he he's the kind one, the noble one, you know. He's the martyr. No matter what, people find it you know, annoying at times, but that's his personality. He gives his sword to him and says, look, your dad gave me this, but change. It's quite ironic because he's a bastard, right? Yeah. Yeah. Apparently a bastard. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then he gives it, but he, he's, um, you know, Sajora is a step above. He's like, now I've learned from my mistakes. You know, I'm, I'm, I don't, I'm not worthy of this. Mm-hmm. So you, you keep it. And I think that probably got a little bit of respect in Sajora's eyes as well, which is important going forward. Cause he's a big confidant of, Danny's as well, isn't he? So it's just one of those. I just thought it was important thing between the two of them to get a bit of respect for each other because that both of them got to respect each other immediately with that little just two minutes. I mean, I don't know if you agree with that, guys. I mean, it's kind of like a test, isn't it? I don't know if back in your younger single days or whatever, but if you and a guy both fancied the same girl. And and you would test each other with a certain interaction. And this was kind of John testing Jorah and Jorah testing John back with this sword. They're both in love with Danny, or at least, well, Jorah's absolutely obsessed with her. But John might just kind of have feelings for her. So I took that sword to also kind of represent perhaps their feelings for Danny. I don't know what you guys think about that. Wow. I didn't even think of it like that. I didn't know. I really do. And let me tell you, if I was a guy in my single years, I'd be the first one there. <laughs> Holy shit. She says stupid. <laughs> but then, uh, again, the story, you mentioned it about Pike between Sejora and uh, Thoris, is it? And how he's asking, because we've, we've, you know, we talked about it in the last episode where, you know, he charged into this battle with a flaming sword and people thought he was a god. And he goes, you know, I thought you were so brave. And he goes, nah, mate, I was just fucking pissed. You know, it's just, <laughs> like the next morning. Yeah, he goes, I heard about it the next day. And he was just like, he's just, just smashing away those, those legends, you know, absolutely. You know, that is so funny because he was built up to be this massive hero. But he's just like, yeah, I was pissed. It's just so good. So, so good. And like, there's so much history about that. And so many people in the show have mentioned it at different stages. And, you know, it it got over as such a big story that he just tarnishes it immediately, you know, but lovely little scene. And then I think the final one was with Beric uh, Dondarrion and Jon Snow when they're conversing. And I found this important because, um, you know, he says to him, you don't look like Ned, you know? So Mm. they always drop in those those hints you know he's like you don't oh you must look like your mother you must have got and he he is totally like his mother because she was dark-haired and he's not blonde he's not blonde so he's got to be like his mother right so it makes sense and um and 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 just like the story of how you know ned or the stark sent beric off to find the hunt the mountain and uh all that stuff and, and it was just in the end you know death is the enemy the first enemy and the last, the enemy always wins and we still need to fight him. And then John saying, you know, uh, no, no, he says we we can defend those that can't defend themselves. And then John's quote, I am the shield that guards the realm of men. That's part of the Knight's Watch Oath. And it just tells you again about John that he's, it's kind of like within him always to look out for people, always to save, you know, what's he been doing the whole fucking season? The whole season is about saving everybody like we need to band together to kill the night walk that you know the, the the whites and the dead that are coming because 
we're all going to die. Yeah, yeah, that makes perfect sense, to be honest. And I, I don't think um, Danny quite understands it. She's been kind of feeling him out over the past few episodes. Um, I, th- I think she kind of thinks, I mean, she makes a reference to it later. We'll get to that. But it's kind of like she thinks these guys are going off on a dick swinging contest or something. But really, the reality is Jon Snow is just such a good person. And yeah, he can be a bit of a martyr, but it's because he realizes what's at stake. You know, he realizes that the entire humanity is at stake because if the the army of the dead come in they're all fucked basically so he has to this is such a big thing they need this common enemy they need to band together i mean even in this episode these seven guys they have history some of them don't like each other or, or what their parents have done and all this kind of stuff but they all band together because there's a common enemy um so john is a bit of a martyr yeah but uh, and, and he continues to be throughout the episode but it's for a good reason yeah i mean I I think so. Any any thoughts on that stuff? No, I can't really add to that. I think as well, the reason why he keeps possibly quoting like when he was on the Night's Watch is because probably that's when he probably felt the most comfortable himself. Yeah, learned a lot about himself, didn't he, there? Learned a lot about himself, because even though he's the Lord of Winterfell, or was the Lord of Winterfell, because he's going to, we'll, we'll talk about that later, but people still question him and his leadership. And when they did it, when he was on the Night's Watch, he just basically killed them. Once they turned on him. So I think that's when he was probably his own, his own man. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Nin, let's go to Dragonstone now, because this is where Tyrion and Daenerys are discussing heroes. And uh, Tyrion claims that John's in love with her. And she says he's too little for it. Oh, yeah, I know. It's because of, uh, I think she apologises as well. You're, no, she I, love brave. Fact, I love the fact that she goes that like, you're not a hero. And then he's trying to remind her when he went charging out of King's Landing and he points at his scar. Trying to qualify the fact that he is a hero. Yeah, it's so funny. It's just like, <laughs> but but it doesn't stay lighthearted. Jess, they end no. up in just they end up having a row, don't they? They do. And and in my notes here, the first thing I've got, I don't mean to offend anyone, but the first thing I say is Tyrion is being a little bitch, and he is. I think this season he's got almost everything wrong, as Danny says, and he seems to want to be able to do everything so cleanly. He wants to win everything cleanly. Um, I think as you guys were saying on last week's podcast, but. Actually, Actually, you know, you have to break some eggs to make an omelette. And Danny realizes this after Elena told her a few a few episodes back. So technically, he might be right about certain things. But in the end, Danny has to do what she has to do. She has to jump on a dragon and go save people because actually it's really important to the end game. Um, I, I, I think my chief thing with Tyrion right now uh, is that he's not. You know, to use Godfather parlance, he's not a conciliary. You know, he's not. Jorah Mormont is. I'd trust him in a war situation. I wouldn't trust Tyrion in a war situation. He's a politician. He can talk to people. But he's got everything wrong so far. Maybe he's due a big win in the last episode. I don't know. But I, I don't know. I just I just feel the interplay. Danny's right to slap him down, basically. I don't know what you guys think about that. Nin, your thoughts on this? Well, it's funny. Um, Jessel made that Godfather reference. He's like Tom Hagen, isn't he? He's not Don Corleone. Exactly. I, I see what he's saying. <laughs> if you're in a war, if you're in a war, you need someone with real war experience. Yeah, it's and, very uh, Tyrion, true. Tyrion doesn't really, you know, he's okay. He had one minor episode, that's it. But otherwise, someone like Jorah really understands war and tactics and things like that. Like Jamie, Jamie is a real war veteran, yes. but Tyrion is not. So I don't know. Uh, I mean, as for the other thing that he raises with Danny. Um, I think he's kind of right to raise the issue of her having an heir or a successor to the throne, but maybe not at that exact moment. I don't know. I mean, it pisses her off a lot, to be honest. 
I love the fact that she calls him out as well. You've been thinking about my death, have you? Is it something you discussed with your brother or something? She says to him, she calls him out on it. Yeah, she does. I, I think he's right, though, because she's fucking flying around everywhere. And do you want to know something as well? Um, I, I mean, I don't know um, what the listenership is to this pod, but as as a woman, like, personally, that would be a very, very touchy subject, knowing that you can't have children and someone's discussing it. And I love the fact that they, they bought the fact that she was quite short and snappy with him. Yeah, it's one of you, you know, personal as, things, as, isn't as it? Woman, as a woman, I really appreciate that. It made her human. Yeah, and it made her, the feelings came out that, you know, I can't yes. have a kid. What, how am I going to fucking find a successor year twat? Mm-hmm. You know, type thing. It's, it's yeah. kind of like, um, yeah, we need to think about this. We can't Very just decide. Very believable that her yeah. reaction there. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I see his point of view. If you're going to be flying around in dragons and you could take a spear, um, you know, or, a, you know, a scorpion spear, say, at any point, it could miss the dragon and go straight through your face. That is that. I, I totally agree. I totally agree. I I don't know what you guys thought, but this is where one of my crazy predictions comes in. That they're kind of setting up a death, her death. That's what I think uh, with the succession stuff and her just throwing it out there. Uh, but yeah, that's that's just me. But we can talk about that when we get to the end of the theories part. But going back to beyond the wall, this is where then they meet the blue-eyed bear. Yeah. Um, Horror scene. And I, I, I can't think which one. Was it Gendry who goes, the bears have blue eyes? Yeah, and yeah. all you see is like this mist and somebody crosses. You know, obviously there's the main gang there and they've got a few extras because I think there's about 12 of them. I didn't count them. Is there about 12? I don't know. There's quite I a think, few. I think there's um, seven, the seven main guys and I think there's yeah. three, three foot soldiers, basically. Yeah, some extras. And obviously they're the ones that obviously meet their end, but yeah. somebody just gets taken to bits. And then obviously the the blizzard cleans off and all he sees the spear and just blood everywhere. And then, they, you know, the, the bear just attacks them. And it's basically, um, it kind of reminded me of like, I don't know, like Avengers, the way they all had to kind of get together and tag team and use their different skills and all their weapons and obviously the flamed sword. And it was just brilliant. And I actually thought at that moment, the hound, you know what I loved about that scene? You thought any one of them could die at any minute and you became quite detached to them. And that was when reality kicked in that, hang on, this isn't a merry day field trip out in, in, you know, beyond the wall. This is serious shit. They've, they've gone to collect a white walker to present as evidence. And it, that's when the edge of the seat stuff started happening for me because I actually thought um, the hound was going to die. I'll be honest. Yeah, because the hound, what happened was he would have fought that bear no problem. As soon as they set the bastard on fire, he shit yeah. it. Jess. He yeah, shit exactly. fro- it. It was, it was <laughs> cold, but he froze. He literally <laughs> fucking froze, didn't he? And Thoris saved his life. He pretty yeah. much pushes him out the way takes the hit that is I mean, that is literally it, it, what was, it was one of those things where uh, where it definitely it, you know something's coming but it still scares the shit out of you anyway and then you've got the dynamic of the hound with the fire and stuff like that um it, it was you're right it's kind of that nin's right it's that moment where shit gets real and they suddenly all realize it and then after that they're not quite so jolly with each other are they um i mean once the bear is dispatched I mean, that's just the start of their troubles, isn't it? It is just the start of their troubles. I mean, Sejora kills him off. Um, really good scene. Uh, you know, he said to, he's get set on, set on fire as well. He p- pats that down. They, they basically patch up Thoris with the, the flaming sword so that he can, uh, it's funny how he just swigs on the fucking, uh, the alcohol first to get himself really fucking drunk if he could. I love, I love that character. He's so good. But yeah, it, it's, um, 
they then they then move on, and I think the Hound. They've, they, I mean, we've switched a little bit because we've missed out bits of Wittenfeld because we covered it already. But they come back when they're walking, and uh, the Hound then says, "You know, I saw that mountain in the flames, as it, you know, the way they got to go." And um, it's quite weird because the mountain is who threw him in the flames when he was a kid. Just the way he said it, it just the first thing clicked to me was, "Yeah, your brother threw you in there. Now you're seeing mountains in flames." <laughs> <laughs> you want to see your brother in flames? Quite interesting. Anyway, so they, they make their way there, um, and Tormund stops them, doesn't he? And then they see uh, a batch of whites with a white walker. Yeah, um, you, you kind of think, ah, uh, there's a few of them, but there's going to be many more lurking. And obviously they ambush them, and you think, oh, they've got the upper hand here. And obviously they start fighting them, and... Um, they're all in combat, so to speak. And then um, John's fighting the lead one, the one with the long hair. And as soon as he puts the sword through him, they all sort of um, shatter, die, collapse. And that's a bit of a nugget of information, or could be, in the sense that when you're going to fight them, if you kill maybe the leads, maybe you, you dismantle some of that army, it dies. It, you know, it, yeah. it, that was the big it, reveal. Basically, yeah, that was that was quite a nice little bit of information to receive. And one of them doesn't, uh, the one that kind of looked a bit like a gargoyle, I don't know, like, just, you know, he didn't. And he, obviously, that's what they were going to capture. And then he starts shrieking, putting out the call to the masses of armies. And, um, of course, John anticipated this and thought, shit, they're all coming now. And obviously sends a... Gendry on, on his merry way to, is it Eastwatch, to go and send the Raven to Daenerys because he's the quickest. So already he's anticipating that this was just a small sample. There's lords lurking and we need backup quick because shit really, really does get real. Like um, Jessel just said that that was the beginning of their troubles. Now things just got real. Yeah, Jessel, that is the key, right? That little nugget, like she said, of information was, was uh, crazy that you kill him and a whole bunch die. So the whole way they plan it going forward, especially in the last episode, is can we try and target, you know, the, the, the Night Walker and his White Walkers? Yeah, well, I mean, they even say it later in this episode. I think it was Thoros said it, maybe, or, or the other one. Um, Sejora. Sejora uh, talks to John about it. Like, we killed you killed one earlier, didn't you? And they all died. Yeah. It's clearly going to come back at some point, for sure. Um, I mean, I, I think one of the issues that people had with this episode is that this plan is absolutely ridiculous i have to say like it's entertaining but it's kind of like an excuse to get all these guys together and have action romp basically but if you give more than a minute's thought to this plan it's suicidal it is ridiculous and danny even says it she's like they're all trying to be brave but they're being stupid um and, and i think very very quickly after this they suddenly realise that yes, maybe we've gone in over our heads. Um, because you're right. There's no said, logic. There's no logic to what they're doing. Absolutely none. No logic whatsoever. They could mm. they could fly in on a dragon, fly over, pick one up, and just fly straight back. Yeah, but no, they, they've got this kind of weird thing. And and um, okay, you have to kind of suspend your belief. So John sends Gendry off because he's the fastest. I'm not quite sure how we know this, but I guess he he is a bit sort of smaller and and he looks a bit more nimble than the others. And uh, Tormund takes his hammer, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's important. He goes, give me your hammer. You, you go and you, they'll slow you down. I need it as well. He doesn't have anything special, does he? <laughs> so he goes, you fuck up. So, um, I mean, from my point of view, also, what what came out of this little bit was that they can fucking call each other with just a screech. You know, that, that, that white that they grabbed, all it did was scream in some kind of a different 
it reminded me of Lord of the Rings and the Urukais or something. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I got that vibe from it. And I mean, the, the writer of the books has taken Lord of the Rings as... Yeah, you know, I, I make a few references in my yeah. notes to Lord of the Rings a fair few times. Yeah, because that's why he's taking inspiration. He's taking inspiration oh, of Lord of the Rings as well. Surprise. So basically, he just that 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 screech from him. Then all of a sudden, they they wrap him up or tie him up or whatever, put a thing over his head for some reason. I don't know why, but um, maybe because it's like the Night King can see through them, like you know, view through them or, or something like that. I don't know. It's kind of like mm, a it's kind of yeah. like a brand thing, you know, like how brand can do. Because yeah, like like warging a bit. Isn't yeah, it? because he can see Bran. Remember when Bran? Can you? It's got to work both ways. Do you get me, Jess? If Bran can see him, but then he looks at the the sparrow or whatever is whatever it is that's in the other crow, but then he can see where Bran is. It's kind of like they're both the same. Mm. No, not the same, I, I but think, I think the same type well, of thing. I mean, this is this is one. Are you? It's like the eye of Sauron, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Sorry, I'm the eye of Sauron. Like... <laughs> Talking about the eye of Sauron. Fucking the, the dragon's eyes are the eye of Sauron. They are. You know when you look at you look at Drogon's eye. Anytime it looks like the eye of Sauron, but okay, maybe not. Anyway, when you <laughs> next look at the eye of the dragon, uh, not the tiger, then the dragon. Check it out. Um, yeah, I was saying. I was just saying. If I kind of feel like. The Night King has much, many more powers than we feel. I know he raises the dead and all that, but I think he can see things too. And maybe we'll we'll get there. But there's hints of it because, like I said, he can see Bran. If Bran's looking at him, he can see him back. It's it's weird. It's dead, dead weird. So yeah, there's that. And uh, I thought that was the other the other key thing that came out of that scene. So they move on. They move on. They they, they now is the ambush, isn't it, Jess? They are fucked. Right now, they are indeed. Fun. This is where I mean, we're it's, shitting it's, assholes. It's kind of a contrived scene, but I don't care. It's just so much fun. They're running across the ice. It starts cracking. They're like, "Shit, okay, we better run, 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 run." And you know, conveniently, there's this big rock placed in the middle of it. But I mean, you, you could kind of look at that as as um, as an allegory for other things, perhaps. Anyway, so the the um, the zombies start chasing them and stuff and falling into the water, and so these guys get a reprieve. So the zombies decide en masse, okay, let's just wait for the ice to freeze over. And um, and so they just wait it out, basically. And so the Night King's just standing there, just watching. And um, and, and what do you think happened? Uh, not what do you think happened, but in terms of how do you think it kind of played out time-wise? How long do you think they had to kind of wait on that rock in uh, the middle, surrounded by thousands? Days. I reckon it's days. It's got to be days. But it's so cold. That water should have frozen up in minutes. Not minutes. This is what I mean not, about not time. Not minutes. The, 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 time, the time didn't make any sense when I watched it second time round. It was, Gags, it's freezing cold. Somebody froze to death. The priest froze to death. Yeah, but to, to develop an ice thick enough to carry that weight, yeah, takes time, Nin. Okay, that might take time. I'm just thinking about me just crossing. Sorry. I think about the army. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, for that army to cross without it crumbling, it's going to take a long time to get to that thickness of of, of ice. Yeah, I, I think I totally agree with you. It'll freeze, but to get to that thickness to hold that weight, that's the only bit that sort of saves that. Thinking about it in depth is what saves that. That it's been a long time. But then these guys are right as well. I mean, how would how would they survive it's in the cold? Has that sword may help them survive? You know, the light. The, the flaming sword maybe giving them some heat because they, they burnt the body as well that would have made it a bit warmer there a little bit for a bit but uh, but then no food as well gags 
no, no, yeah. no, no food at all. So it wouldn't have been weeks. It wouldn't have been weeks. I could think they could survive days. They could survive days, but not weeks. This season has no concept of time. Mm-hmm. The Ravens must be like Concord. Yes. You know. They're on speed. Yeah. How fucking fast did the Raven get to Dragonstone? Like within, do you get what I mean? But you've got to, mm. like Jessica said earlier, you defy logic because you love the show. And it, yeah. there are loads of holes. The, the biggest hole is why the fuck are they there? You know what? Are they doing? <laughs> like that's the biggest. What What are you doing? You're stupid. And I think John does save it a little bit by saying that at the end. You know, like we should never have gone. Do you get what I mean? Mm. But what they're saying is people make mistakes as well, and that's 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 the other thing. And there was only five. They didn't send a fucking army, did they? They sent seven of them, which is even more daft. But at least send a fucking load of people to try and do it. But I suppose they wouldn't get there in time. But I mean. Thoris dies, which is a shame. They burn him, and uh, they have the discussion. I mean, Darren is really, like, being ballsy. And, like, you know what? Me and you are here for a reason. We mm. ain't going to die. We we should kill him. And they're pointing at the, the Night King, and he's just standing there. And they're like... You know, the other yeah, thing... they're having, like, a tactical um, conversation, weren't they, about the battle. John saying, just wait out and wait for Daenerys and her dragons. Uh, you've got... Um, uh, what's the guy called with the... F- um, the that's one Dondarrion. Dondarrion saying, take out the, the lead White Walker. You and I have a purpose. We survived um, d- deaths. And, we, you know, the, the the Lord of Light, they bring us back to freeze to death. And meanwhile, you've got um, Jura saying, just aim for the White Walkers and then these will all die. You know, so they actually have a tactical discussion whilst they're waiting it out, which uh, I thought was quite good. Which is great, but the Night King is so tactical. He's got them surrounded, Jess, but... Isn't he a bit stupid? They've got spears in their hands. Why aren't they throwing them? This is one of the theories that we'll get to later. I mean, if you think about it, a, a spear isn't going to do that much. Um, I don't know. I mean, if what you do you think? throw a it, thousand spears at once. Maybe. I mean... Not unless they like stormtroopers, Gags. <laughs> fucking hell, yeah, that's true. They never, they never, hit, they never hit anything, stormtroopers. They could do <laughs> shit. True. But what follows is the hound being a right prat. Oh, um, my God. Go on, talk to me. Christ. First of all, okay, so so they wake up in the morning and um, he, he just gets up. He's all grumpy because he's a hound. And he just decides to kick the captured white in the stomach just for a laugh. So the, the white starts screaming. Next thing you know, he gets bored. So he picks up a rock and throws it as far as he can. And it cracks a skeleton's head wide open. And this kind of like rouses the, the, that white in particular. For some reason, he then picks up another one and chucks it it doesn't reach quite as far and it lands on the ice which then displays to these whites that the ice has indeed gotten thick enough potentially for them to start walking over and then he goes oh shit and it's like (laughs) (laughs) and and the irony is earlier in this episode when him and uh, Tormund are having their interaction and Tormund's just going off on one about impregnating Brienne the hound is like, how did a mad fucker like you live this long? And and the thing is, the yeah. hound is just chucking rocks at an army. It's like, you're the mad fucker right now. You need to chill right now, man. So then the whites start kind of, they've forgotten, forgotten everything. They're just going for them. They start dragging their swords. They start rushing them. And you know it's on. Yeah, this is, this is just the music here, right? As soon as the first hammer blow goes... The music is fantastic. The the CGI, unbelievable. The setting, the tactical cam. You know, like you have at Anfield or, or Premier League games nowadays. There was a fucking tactical cam for this. They actually had a shot above, have all of them charging in. It's like, 
unreal. It really sets it up and you actually think, holy shit, how are you going to survive? How? How is mm. this possible? And it really and scares you. I was I was so alarmed at the fact that no one called him a cunt for doing that. You know, one of the seven. <laughs> Someone just lose your rag at him. Because I would have. There's only I five left now. Remember, five. one's dead. Yeah, yeah one's, one's gone. Dead. Yeah, again, he's gone. Yeah, five of them. How did no one lose their shit at him? I suppose it was a case of, you know what, I'll deal with you later. Should we survive? We're not going to survive. But let's try. But... My God, it was that was when it got really, really tense, and you thought, "Shit, we're gonna lose." And um, I think it was Joe Simpson who made the the comment in one of your previous episodes, saying that you become quite attached to these characters. And when when one of them dies, it's like, "Oh my God!" So in my head, when that scene happened, I was prepared for losing masses, you know, losing them all, and I should just detach myself from all of them except for Jon Snow. I can never do that. Yeah, so I, I thought the same. I thought someone's going here, Defo, and I thought it was Torment. And then yeah. they, they, they shut the music off. Like, it's just direction, right? They just shut the music off and get you ready for this death. And you, they want you to hear the gruesome screams. And then mm. all of a sudden, the music starts again when the hound charges in. It's just brilliantly done, brilliantly shot. Everything about it, right, when you watch it again and again. It's just brilliantly done. I know there's logic flaws, but the actual entertainment part, the mm. actual bit that they've done is riveting TV. You are like sucked in. You do not move. You are like, no, screaming your head off. And then they're all on this perch. They're, 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 they're backs against the wall. They're turning mm-hmm. against each other, pretending like they're about to hit each other, but they realize it's them. The, these, these, these whites are climbing up. That, that ledge, you know, up to John, he's about to strike. The music go, turns into that sad music that they normally do when people are going to die, you know? Mm. And you're like, oh, shit. Again, that reminded me of Lord of the Rings as well, the two towers when I can't think which one was, um, you know, he went to slow-mo and he's watching all his, you know, the elves and uh, Aragorn and all these people fight. And then it's just like, oh, my God, everyone, you know, they're going to die. You just see them killing. And then literally as he's about to swing his sword here she comes with the dragons but instead of um, Gandalf the White it's Daenerys Targaryen <laughs> she's pretty much Snow White right in this because um, she just, she's dressed for the occasion she's got snow attire on that she, so she can <laughs> camouflage in kind of thing because <laughs> yeah. you know, Tyrion's like where the fuck are you going mate she's like I ain't listening like you said earlier Jess I ain't listening to you mm-hmm. I gotta go fight some battles last time I listened to you we fucked up I need to go and sort this out so off she goes to be the saviour. She's got there in record time. Again, the dragons must have some kind of concordy type flight speeds because um, we don't know how long it's taken. But I suppose flying, you know, it's, it is the best way to go. So you can, it's more believable, right? Both of you, it's much more believable that she flew there fast. But um, devastating. The, this is the scene that we've waited to see since the start. Dragons versus white walkers and whites and what the f- it was unbelievable jess so good it it was incredible and and like you were saying before when john is kind of raising his sword and you think yeah this might just be the end and you kind of know okay at some point danny's going to swoop in here and it was kind of like watching transformers like a michael bay yeah film. i thought like, that but i thought how many are going to die before she turns up do you get what i mean that's what my yeah. thinking was Carry on, yeah. When he swung his sword, did anyone else sort of have flashbacks to Battle of the Bastards? When he me, like, yes, yes, along? completely, completely. I mean, this actually reminded me of Battle of the Bastards quite mm. a lot, to be honest. Uh, there are a lot of similarities there. Because you were worried that he was going to die there too. 
Yeah, you really were. But I think this was the best sequence of the episode. Like like Gags was saying, I think it was just pure, just adrenaline. And then the dragons come in, so you know, like, okay, there's going to be fire. They've got a break and stuff. And they swoop in. They are just, you know, breathing fire all over the place in, like, this crisscross pattern and stuff like that. And I, I don't think it had quite the effect of, of the uh, the episode two, like, two episodes back. with the, What was that? Hard Home, was it? The, the real kind of battle scene thing. No, 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 it wasn't hard, they... hard on with series five. Oh, okay. Um, the, the one, two episodes when they just destroy all the Lannister army. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Queen's yeah, something, yeah. Uh, the Queen's Wrath or something like that it was. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that was a, that was just breathtaking. I think that was really the kind of the biggest payoff. But here, you're right. When they start destroying these White Walkers, then uh, then it was incredible. Absolutely wonderful to watch. Nain, what were your thoughts? I actually thought, yes, they're going to win. Clean sweepstake. They're going to get out. Happy days, you get that payoff, and of course, didn't quite happen. <laughs> no, it didn't. Well, and then suddenly Steve Backley turns up in the javelin event, and uh... yeah. <laughs> what did you think about? Why the fuck didn't he jump on the dragon himself? Why was he fighting them? There's dragons there. Let them deal with them. What are you doing? I, I well, it's funny because at first I was kind of like, okay, like you were saying before, Martyr Jon Snow. But actually, when I rewatched it. They are just continually coming for this. And they are super close as well now. And if the dragon turns its head to sort of breathe fire, it would have injured itself. The proximity was too close, in my opinion. It needed human human to White Walker contact. Right, okay. Maybe. Yeah, I, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was called The Spoils of War, actually, uh, that one, Jess, the, oh, okay. the, the two, two episodes ago. But, yeah, I mean, okay, that makes more sense. then, Because I just thought, again, another bit of a logic flaw in John, what he was doing. But then... As John was getting closer, Sajora looks back and goes, John, stop, come back. And then, I'm sorry, but this scene with the javelin, when he hands it to him, um, you know, he's, he's, he's going for gold. My God, does he fucking get it. He fucking, I, this guy is superb, isn't he, at javelin throwing. I've never seen anyone like him. He must be so talented. But anyway, he hits Viserion, I think it is, and I think your heart breaks. Your heart mm. just breaks at this point. Mine did. I, and my wife was, this was the bit where she was screaming, no, 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 no. Like, as in, I'm sitting next to her and she's waving at the screen, no, don't hit the dragon. Mm-hmm. The death scene is is just, there's blood everywhere. And then the way it slides into the water, they really make you feel it, don't they? Then They really fucking... They really do. And, you know, I was screaming, no, no, no. But for very different reasons. Because I thought, oh, shit, Gags and one of, one of his million theories is going to be right. We're gonna have a white walker dragon on our hands, but um, <laughs> I think I think I think what really sort of um, painted the picture so well in terms of oh my god they've just lost something so crucial was not only Daenerys's face but everyone else's who was on you know the the remainder five four should I say because obviously John's fighting still he's a bit of shit but, John is yeah yeah but you know you see them all on the dragon obviously because they've all mounted up to get on top of the dragon and they all just look absolutely devastated and the shriek from the dragons as well because they've lost a sibling oh yeah great scene so i mean they've gone their their look on their faces jess is going from a position of power to absolute fear that's what i felt the others daenerys has lost a kid so she's that's the mother's you know her Jura face. looked so devastated i thought Jura looked yeah of course because they would be but the fear as well you can see the fear mm-hmm. We just, we had the upper hand. We just, we got the dragons. Yeah. And suddenly one of them goes and they might start thinking, okay, what if he takes out Drogon? We are stranded. 
absolutely stranded. Forget but that everything else. Home. They've got that no way out. Home. At this point, John gets really adrenaline rush and thinks he's Rambo and starts to carve through a few more. And then he sees, oh, they have another spear. <laughs> That's yeah, and when it's, shit it's hits time to get the fuck out, Danny. So he, he he's just like, go, go, go. And, and, and suddenly they all twig. So they start flapping off. And once again, you know, Mr. Javelin, who I have to say, he's a different actor now to the one who's been in the previous five series. So we've got a completely, or, or like, I no, no, he I think he's the same one. No, he's a different. No, he's a different actor. Really? In the first, oh. in the first, so in the first, um, either five or six series, it's some bloke called Richard Blake or something like that, and now it's some Slovenian or Slovakian guy, and um, and I was looking at his face, thinking that's not the Night King. Like this guy literally looks different. Is this just CGI or what? And then and then I googled it, and it's a different actor. So I was a bit confused then. Anyway, gets his javelin, and uh, and he makes his run. And uh, and and just as Danny's taking over, um, they manage to do a little duck and roll and stuff, and it goes past. And you're like, thank fuck! But John is stranded. He is. He's stranded. But you know, they've they've put him into the water as well. At that point, I shit myself as well because I thought he ain't getting out of there. Mm, I thought White Snow. Walker, Jon Snow, shit. My God, you know what? I thought the same. I thought we're fucked. It's going to be White Walker, Jon Snow. He's going to become the next fucking white, like the one of the leads with, with the Night King. And yeah. I thought, how can they do this after everything he's been through, right? Why are they killing him off for? Like, obviously, a lot of people thought no chance. You know, a lot of no chance. Said, no I thought chance. I was one of those people who thought no chance, to be honest. First of all, this, this dude is like, he's fireproof. He's we don't know that yet. Proof. We don't know that yet if he's fireproof. I don't know. Like, I mean, like with the scene with the dragon last week. Yeah, but um, we don't know if his if he burns or not. We haven't seen anywhere in six, seven seasons of him being exposed to fire. It's going to happen, though. That is true. But he has been exposed to a knife to the heart and came back to life. So, OK, he's knife proof. He might be fireproof. He, he is a knife proof. proof. He got brought back by the fucking thingy the, the woman <laughs> yeah but, I mean, but, but the, the lord of the light can't bring everyone back is it no exactly absolutely okay. it's very cheap it's very picky and choosy yeah piss and serve the purpose and obviously john snow had some purpose or has a massive purpose which is evident you and i can't come back here's me you thinking that, that i'm safe that. i've got a few lives like fucking dundarian man yeah he's a cat <laughs> he's a cat He's, got he's, some... he's everything proof. No, John Snow. I swear, he's... you could put him in a dishwasher and it'd be fine as well. Yeah, Dan Darian's got one life left, and then he's not a cat. <laughs> he would have had nine. He's got. He's on his, he's on his seventh and last. He's lost his um the oh, pres- his priest. But basically, I just thought as well at this point. Even John Snow's hair's gone straight. Come on, people. The guy's immortal. Ice man. <laughs> it's ice. They straightened it. The ice become icicles, mate. But basically, I just thought when. You know, he was getting that second spear up. The way they showed the dragon struggling to fly off because it's got uh, five more people on it. And it's used to flying around with a very light Danny. And it was just, and obviously slippery. I thought they did it perfectly. I really did. It built the tension as well. Like, shit, man, get up. What are you doing? Just get go. And then she turns at the right minute, at the right second, and Sajora nearly falls off. And uh, the hand saves him. Really, really good. Really little, good little bits, I thought. But the the bit where she flies off then, you should see her, her face there. She's lost not only her kid, but she thinks she's lost Jon Snow as well. Okay, so hang on. Let me just jump in at that point. A lot of criticism has come saying, okay, why didn't the Night King just take his javelin 
and first things first, just chuck it at Drogon because they're just sitting ducks at that point. Why didn't he just go straight for it? So I don't know what you guys think about that. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good one, but maybe I don't know. Someone I think he threw it at the yeah, or I think he threw it at the. This is what I think because if you actually look at the um, is it Viser- What's the one that got killed? Viserion. Uh, Vis- Viserion. Viserion. Okay, because it was kind of flying towards, wasn't it? And it was going to breathe fire on them. Yeah, it was going to. It was turning towards the Night King. To be fair, and maybe, yeah. and maybe it was a warning shot as well. Kind of like I'm just going to kill one of them, and you're going to watch it, and then I'm going to kill the one that you're on. He's, he does seem like a cruel bastard, to be fair. But also, I think the dragons at that point, I mean, Drogon's on the floor, so he's not really doing any damage. And But the other two are in the air, wiping out his army. So from a tactical perspective, it's probably cleverer to knock out the ones in the air. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there was a lot of criticism. Or you could just end the whole thing. You could kill Danny. You could kill the dragons, blah, blah, blah. But I, also, I think the spear kind of goes through Viserion's throat when he's breathing fire and maybe that's why he catches fire i don't know i mean this is just you know like next level stuff but i i kind of see the logic there was a lot of criticism but i think it was a bit overboard to be honest yeah, yeah. If they, if they, can you imagine if you threw it at a dragon and they all died game over yeah just like, be stupid <laughs> you know well, we're really analyzing really big time here aren't they <laughs> whoever's pissed off with that it's like what the fuck's your problem i'm kind of relieved that he threw it at the Syrian. yeah well, yeah, I mean, it, it, what it does is with Viserion, we know, you know, what's going to happen now, but we'll, we'll quickly touch on it right at the end. Um, actually, we'll we do it now. Viserion, um, it's very interesting because um, he was, out of the three kids of Aerys, you know, Viserys, uh, Rhaegar and Daenerys, the two of them were very nice people or very nice. They've got, you know, the backstory of them that comes through. And when you watch the six episodes, six seasons, seven seasons, is that Daenerys and Rhaegar were really nice but Viserys was an evil bastard. So it kind of has gone the right way. Do you get what I mean? With one dragon going evil. Exactly like the one who he's named after, <laughs> kind of thing. Anyway, so Nin, his uncle, saves him. Uh, he gets out of the water. Shock oh, yeah, he, he gets out and you're like, yes, fist pump, because he grabs his sword. And, of course, the White Walkers haven't cleared yet. And then you think, oh, shit, they just rest, you know, right. What what can possibly save him now? What could potentially save him? Because he he's literally frozen. He His mortar skills are pretty much non-existent. He's struggling to hold his sword, but he still stood there like the brave guy that he is, thinking he's going to take them on. And then in comes swooping Uncle Ben. We don't know who's Uncle, just somebody swinging like this lantern flame thing, knocking ben, out a lot of white walkers. Benjin. Benjin. Anyway, I call him Uncle Ben. And I kid you not, I never <laughs> got so emotional at an Uncle Ben since watching a Spider-Man movie. Oh, for fuck's sake. Saved him. <laughs> yeah, it, it was... You know what? How many, again, how many lifelines? How much more proof does this guy need that how important and crucial he is? He's yeah, got, ben freaky, knows something, he's got freakish he? look. Yeah, Benjin knows something. But the other thing is, why didn't they just send a dragon down to get him? You know the other one? The one that's going to be his, which was his dad's. Why didn't they just, why didn't it come, it would have looked so much better, I think, if the dragon just swooped down as they were going to get him and he just grabs him and flies off really quick. Because obviously the Night King's not ready then for that. But I just thought that would have been a better way because. Yeah, ben, I mean, I, I can Benjen see Benjamin got wasted, man. <laughs> poor child. Yeah. He's going to come uh, back as a White Walker as well, isn't he? I assume. Probably. Yeah, I can understand why the other dragon didn't come down because, first of all, it's probably, it's, you know, it's in a state of shock or whatever because its siblings just died. And second of all, I think, um, how is it actually going to know exactly where John is and at that point? Plus, mm. the Night King is already just javelined 
you know, he's clearly got javelins for days, so he might have just had another pop at it and stuff. There's no point losing two dragons at that point because then you're in real trouble. And yeah. what's, what's left here is um, she waits for John. Obviously, he turns up uh, thanks to Benjin, and um, you know, uh, it looks like Dundarian's going his own way because he goes, you know, Clegane will meet again, and he goes. Fuck it. He makes a funny joke or something. Like, you know, fuck that or something like that. Fucking hope not. Yeah, fucking hope not. Yeah, so uh, I don't know where Dundarian's going because the rest of them seem to be going on the boat. But um, yeah, so now that there's that emotional scene, Nin, with um, Jon Snow and Daenerys. Yeah, um, of course, she first of all discovers all his scars and realizes he took a knife to the heart wasn't a metaphor. It pretty much happened. She saw all the scars on his body. And and then obviously he comes around and she's she's there and I love the fact that the first thing he said he was so remorseful there was just so much remorse in his voice when he apologised for obviously the death of one of her children he you know because she's told him before that my dragons are my children so he knew instantly shit I've messed up here big time and you know because of my stupidity or our stupidity you've just lost one of your kids and uh, she's more lost about him it's so nice yeah. And and then she, you know, she goes, they're my children, you know that. And um, and he goes, we never should have gone. And she goes, but I believe now I needed to see it. So, you know, you know it, she kind of does a U-turn and kind of says, well, I, I had to go there to see what you were on about. And now I see it. And now I'm, I want to fight with you. I, I want to take on these White Walkers. And I lost a child. And I want to end the Night King. I thought it was really, really good. And he says, Jess, thank you, Danny. <laughs> That that was for the fans, right? Yeah, it was for the fans. And but she goes, uh, no one's called me Danny before. Uh, well, actually, my brother has, and I don't think you want to be in that company. And then uh, he goes, okay, how's this, my queen? I can't bend the knee though because of this. And then she pretty much starts crying. I can't believe it. She started crying. But bend the knee at this point reminds me of Joey and friends saying, "How you doing?" It's yeah, kind of that yes. catchphrase now, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Yeah. Like this, this morning, I was doing an insanity workout, and at the end of it, Sean T in the work in in the warm down is like bend the knee, and I was like, oh no, I can't escape, <laughs> just can't escape this at any point now. So it, it is, I like it. I like the kind of interplay between John and Danny. I think they've handled it pretty well over. Yeah, they're holding hands and stuff been... in this as well, aren't they? And she just yeah. removes her hands in the end when she realizes, oh shit, you know what? I've got a bit too emotional here. I need to go back to being ice maiden or fire maiden, whatever she wants, and uh, and and she removes the hand from him and says get some rest and he like a really good little boy closes his eyes and fucks off <laughs> i just thought it was dead funny, yeah, was dead funny. i was like what <laughs> what's happening here but yeah it was an emotional scene though very nice they put that really good music on in the background the game of thrones um emotional one that they did with aria when she went back to winterfell i think they play that the music's so good they just do they're just nailing everything with the music i think you know so yeah, I just, I, it was such a good scene. I just can't wait for him to find out, you know, who he is. Because he's now given up that right and wants to follow her as queen. But he's the real one, Nin. Mm-hmm. I know. Um, and I think the reason why she got emotional was because he's such a stubborn sod. Yeah. And she thought, oh my God, for him to come around and, you know, he, he believes in me. Because, you know, she's been working for like three episodes. God knows what time frame that is to kind of get him to bend the knee, bend the knee. But the reason why he's bending the knee is because she, she came through for them. Yeah, yeah, she did. She and did. he probably also No, well. Tormund as well. You know yeah. what he said at and, the start? Did you remember and also that? also there's, uh, there's, there's a sense of owing as well because she lost one of her kids 
Yeah, of course. But I think if you look at if you look at what Torman said at the start when he said, "Look, Manzreda was a really nice man," or a, or a no, yeah, yes, yes, but yes, I was, remember that conversation. He so was many too, people died. So many people died because of his stubbornness. Yes. So don't, don't you you've spent too much time with the free folk, mate. That's why you, you, you're refusing to bend the knee. <laughs> so yeah, I get what you mean. Our your points are valid as well in terms of you know she's just fucking saved his life, you know, and lost a kid, and lost a kid for you. So I think he's he was Jesse was right to bend the knee. Yeah, I completely agree. And this is the point with Tyrion. Tyrion's kind of always having this go at Danny because he's kind of scared she's going to turn into this mad queen because she barbecued those guys last week. But in reality, the bigger picture is she is a good person. You know, she's saved Jon Snow. She has broken the chain. She's done all these amazing things. And and I think that's what we kind of see more than anything as viewers and Jon Snow sees it. And I think he's right to bend the knee. Just get out of the way. And um, and you can see how happy she is when, when he says that. Exactly right. Quickly then, before we go, um, theories, anything then you think is going to happen next? Oh, I don't know. It's, it's quite a tough one. Uh, I think winter will be coming a lot quicker now that they have a dragon. Yeah. Go and spread your ice. Yeah. <laughs> Breathe icicles everywhere. Okay. Uh, Jess, any theories, mate? Oh, there's a lot of theories, to be honest. I'm sure you've got a list of them, Gags. But one of the things that kind of dawned on me is that um, now they've got a dragon, the ice dragon, they can fly over the wall. They don't even need to worry about the wall anymore, in theory. Obviously, the the actual army, um, yeah, sure. But but my man on his dragon can just go and ice the whole wall and break it down, probably. So, um I don't think that's going to be too much of an issue. I think maybe that'll be the theme of the next episode. I don't know. Um, I also think the episode that's coming is not going to wrap everything up in a nice, neat boat. It's going to leave a lot of loose ends because, you know, there's a whole series yet to go after this. So, um, and also someone's going to die. Someone's got to die. I'm sure. I don't know who, um, but yeah, the army is coming, the army of the dead. And I think it's going to be big. Yeah, I've I've got a feeling that these guys are going to take that white to Cersei. You know, they're going to get there, and you know how this thing works. They'll be there within two minutes um, because John's going to be miraculously fine, and uh, Brienne's, <laughs> Brienne's going to turn up there as well, and everyone's going to be there having this meeting, and in flies <laughs> Mister Night King with a fucking ice dragon himself, and. They're going to be basically going at it outside King's Landing, or he's going to take someone out. He will take somebody out. I have a feeling it's Daenerys, but that's just me being... People think I'm being stupid, but yeah, I, I have a feeling she's... Uh, and somehow the Jon Snow thing comes out next episode. It's got to come out soon. Got to. They've got to go into the final season with people knowing, you know, that he's the heir. You know, and him knowing, him getting that. I want to see him know. I want to learn. You know, I want to see... The, the ev- how he evolves. Do you get what I mean? I want to watch yeah, that. Yeah, I, I want to see him shake off the bastard title as well, you know? Just say, like, I'm going to kick the shit out of you. So uh, this is the thing. I just need to know that. But um, I don't know whether you agree with any of that, Jess. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be really interesting. I think John and Danny are the central couple to this, and it would be a tragedy to lose either of them. I don't think we're going to lose Jon Snow any time at all. Uh, I think he's the key to the whole thing, to be honest. Um, in terms of a theory, I don't know... What do you guys think about Bran? How important is he to this whole thing? Because there is a theory going around. I mean, it's not a spoiler or anything because no one knows if it's true or not. But about who the Night King might actually be. 
Shall um, I say it? I think Go Bran, on, please. people are saying it's Bran. People are saying it's Bran. Oh. Um, yeah, and like it's kind of because he can obviously walk through time and then with the whole Hodor Hodor thing and stuff like that, he might be kind of trapped in this infinite loop or something. And people are also saying that maybe the Night King's not actually a bad person. Maybe that's why he didn't go and kill John and all these kind of, or Daenerys and stuff. Um, I don't know. I mean, maybe that's the bridge too far. The other thing I'd say is as far as Cersei goes, they're trying to drag this proof to Cersei. I mean, the mountains already died, right? And, and, and Quyburn, Quyburn has brought back the mountain from life. So it, that, that mountain is a zombie. So I don't know. I think there's a lot of kind of inconsistencies and I reckon that a lot of them are going to be tied up in the next episode, to be honest. Um, and also Cersei will pull some shit because she will lay a trap at some point, for I mean, sure. That's what I think. Someone's going to die. Someone's Someone big's going to go next episode. I just keep feeling it's Danny. It, it would hurt the shit out of me because I, I love her and I would love to be wrong. Um, I, I'm, I'm one of those that loves being wrong. But um, th- th- Nin, your thoughts? I don't like any of your theories. <laughs> it's about losing the best ones. I mean, I can't imagine a full season of Game of Thrones without Daenerys Targaryen. It's only six episodes. Yeah, it's still too long. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> still too long. They're, yeah, I, don't, I, 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 think, I think Nina's right, to be honest. I think at this point, because they've run out of source material from, from George R.R. R. Martin, so they're not working off the books. So this is more of a TV show, really, as opposed to a show based on the books. So I think at this point, they're kind of crowd-pleasing a bit, and that's yes. one of the criticisms that... I, I think it's okay. You know, this is a fantasy show. A fantasy show. I think some of the writing and, and plot points and holes could be better for sure. But I'm just determined to enjoy it. When that when that last episode comes out, I'm not going to be sitting there thinking, oh, well, what about this? What about that? I'm just going to enjoy it, you know. And I think mm. that's the key. To it. Don't go too, too deep into it. Some people do. That's their idea of fun. But I think don't let it ruin your enjoyment of what is a great TV show. I'd have to agree with that just on a final point. And I love the fact that we're actually, as viewers, getting something back. You know, we're getting some benefits back from watching this because when it was almost to the book, I felt like we were always losing, you know, like the Battle of the Bastards, um, not the Battle of the Bastards, the Red Wedding and stuff. And, you know, you were always left like, oh, my God, I can't believe that's happened. And Ned Stark's death and, you know, losing big, big characters. You were always on the losing team. So I think it'd be quite nice if you were actually on the winning team for once. Yeah, and a bit even, like being a Liverpool fan. Oh, fuck. You know, and even losing, <laughs> even losing Viserion, you know, the dragon in this, was, mm. was a kind of a win for fans because you got to see that White Walker war. You got to see something you've never seen, uh, an unbelievable scene. You know, that was shot. Oh, oh, my God, the CGI is unbelievable. But you also got to see one of the theories that nobody ever thought was real about the dead dragon so you know that all coming through is is pretty mental pretty pretty and, mental. and what i said way back at the beginning of this episode about the, the sort of overarching theme of this episode is sibling rivalry so you had sansa and Arya, and then Tyrion. the whole dynamic with with jamie is kind of brought over from last week because danny doesn't trust him anymore she doesn't trust Tyrion fully and now, if you talk about sibling rivalries, look at the dragons. It's two on one now. It's two fire-breathing yes. ones against a nice one. So that was what I thought mm. the kind of central theme of this episode was. Very interesting. You know what? That is pretty much it. I've got to go and record another show in a few minutes. So, Nin, anything you want to plug? Uh, just check out AI TV. Um, please subscribe to our channel. Uh, really appreciate it. I'll start doing weekly uh, content, hopefully. 
on YouTube, that is, yeah, Anfield Index, uh, YouTube forward slash Anfield Index TV, I think, or Anfield Index, one of them. Um, Jess, anything to plug, my friend? A couple of things. I've got the Transatlantic Rebels podcast, uh, which is one of my own that I do with a guy called Rashad. And uh, we talk about books, films, TV and uh, and music. Um, my social media is Jessel TV, uh, which is J-E-S-A-L-T-V, uh, except Instagram, which is uh, Ben Denis 23. <laughs> Get lost. No or is chance. it nipple, Nipples and Toes 23? That was, <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the last no, no. ones. That was too funny. Oh, my God. Right. Um, thank you so much, both of you. That was great. It was, one of the, again, one of the longest shows. It probably deserved it. But, um, yeah, if you've got any theories yourself, feel free to send them into at on the box podcast at gag standing and um i'll um try and not retweeting them actually i just want them for my personal um you know so my mind works <laughs> i love it but yeah any feedback really appreciate it we'll be back in a week or so's time with the biggest episode yet the longest episode yet i think 81 minutes it's going to be it's going to be something special see you next week on the box Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack 
for free shipping and 365-day returns.